0: everybody, welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I am your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 54. Yeah. So as you can hear, I have a guest on with me today. This is my friend, Alicia, one of my good friends here in Houston. So I'm excited to have her on. She always has strong opinions. She stands in them, So I'm like, okay, this is going to be a great idea to have her as my Podcast guest. So first I'm gonna say thank you. Yeah, but can y'all tell I'm excited? <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Like thank you. I'm like, okay, let me hit up Alicia to see if she's free. I don't no super last minute, but i'm just ask, whatever. So ask that you shall receive. Hallelujah. Boom, 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 boom. boom. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it has we were talking in the pre-production. <laughs> <laughs> you not Great production <laughs> meeting at 8 p.m. Um, so, Kanye West. Um, now my podcast listeners already understand my disdain for him, <laughs> my disbelief, and my feeling that he is exploiting the black community yet again. Um, what's your take on it? Because I just, Jesus is king. His album came out. And I just want to give a disclaimer. I'm not knocking him. If he truly is a believer of Christ, if he truly is a saved individual, that is your motto, and it brings you peace, and that's great. I'm for that. But I don't believe it. (laughs) I, like, I don't believe the shit. Like, I feel like he's full of shit. I feel like it was just a second ago he was wearing MAGA hats, and now you're – I'm not saying you can't be a Christian and do that, but it's just the – The legitimacy of his actions doesn't quite fit with me. So I'm just like, I'm not sitting well with it. Mm -hmm. See, the biggest thing about Kanye that I've come across, like, just on Twitter alone, which Mm -hmm. I kind of split half and half, Kanye has become, you know, very just so ingrained in the culture of, like, what people champion is black excellence. And once you have that, they don't want to take it back. You know, and then he been he was with so much tragedy. So then you know, black people super forgiven. Yeah. And the thing about Kanye is, regardless of his music, regardless, and it's kind of like the same thing with Trump. And people are like, oh, well, he's a nice person this amount of times, or he, you know, he's not horrible to everybody, something like that. It's like the things you do that are horrible, they are hurting people, mm-hmm. and you don't need to be under this disclaimer of a good person just because you might be good at one thing. You know what? What is the old saying like? uh um a wrong uh a, what's it called broken clock is right oh twice a, day. Twice a yes yeah mm-hmm. so people take those twice a days mm-hmm. because and it's like the but but they're the ones who do that for like latching on something to keep them connected to him they're like just give me something that i can agree with you on so he he mm-hmm. spits out these little half truths so the thing with Kanye is all the, the the slavery thing, and I watched the video when he said it. He was dead ass serious. He it was a long rant, it wasn't like a blip or a yeah, ho, ho, ho. right. And then it was no know, accident, his little, his little circus tour around you know, he waited with the whole this Jesus tour before when he had the gospel singers who he doesn't even feature, oh. feature on the album. I've heard, yeah, I mean, I heard that, but he doesn't feature them on there. But he had he drugged them all around away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he only did those like what do you want to call them, like, evangelical revival, hood evangelical yeah. revival. A place like Wyoming in Utah. Mm. So I look at the, I, you look at motives. Okay. You have to look past, like, you have to match people's actions with their words. And you're like, okay, well, if it was really true that you really wanted, and, and it really feels like he's targeting the black community. Mm-hmm. The one he just said, I don't know if you saw his his uh, interview with Big Boy. Oh, I didn't watch it. Right. So there was what clips. Happened? And he's talking about, Big Boy asked him a question about, you know do you care about the black that the black community doesn't you know really. do you fuck with them like that because i don't really fuck you um, it's like i'm not doing this for you know your your validation or whatever but then big boy asking was like well do you fuck? do you care about what, what white twitter thinks it was like well i'm glad that that's a thing now but yeah and he goes <laughs> on a rant on saying how the guy who's the founder of twitter he loves him because he comes over to his house and he he and he Helps him with contracts. That guy has, he's a founder of Twitter. He's not the Twitter environment that we're talking about. Yeah. He's not in the Twitter culture. But right. he said he likes, he cares about what white Twitter thinks. Cause he said he cares about what white Twitter thinks. And then he said he cares about the founder of what uh, yeah. Tom, whatever his name is. But he did, he was so defensive about black Twitter. I don't care. Actually, I think you do care. T- you do care. But he knows better that the audience that's gonna be more receptive to him and accepting like he's changed into this Jesus. Is that white community because yeah. they're they're not they don't have the nuance? Even if they grew up in a Baptist church, it's not the know, same not as a black same. church, period. So, which is why so. because he would have had that same message he spread in Utah. I mean, a whole rally with the 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 Trump hat. Mm-hmm. He did all that at Howard. He said some couple of things at Howard. Though. I wish Chicago, he would have did that in Howard, Chicago, all those other places. Even the things that he said at Howard, people weren't even fucking him. So he understands. Who to speak to? See, man, when yeah. you talk about Jesus, one of the biggest things you have to do, which is why mission trips exist, and which is why when you go to these evangelical, yeah, everybody picks their demographic, but you keep it consistent. You only did that on two stops, and you did them at predominantly white places. You had all you sat there and mm-hmm. told them, "Man, your job was to spread the word." It didn't say they spread the word to only people who want to listen, mm. and and that's what you're backing up. That this is why you made the... This is why you made a change. You're standing in your truth, then you would have stood in your truth in Chicago. You would have stood in your truth. Period. And, and you would have stood in and your truth. If that's truly your truth. And it wasn't. It, so then it becomes that's the you're thing. about pandering. Yes. yes. You're about pandering, and you are Kanye. You got to think about who he is and why he does things for splash, for controversy, for attention. He's the biz- biggest narcissist. I honestly think, I don't even know if he's really diagnosed with bipolar at that point. It just fits people's narrative. Look, he could have a couple of why. things. He could you know, like, think and then that's stereotypical because then you have you you backed up this movie stereotype of what bipolar means and what, mm-hmm. what mania means really have you had mania let's go DSM mm-hmm. have you had mania consistently for six months or more are you you know all those different things like you're just doing things that people associate with bipolar and now you're bipolar because now it gives you it gives yeah, you another I don't edge think he's ever it. admitted to having a diagnostic. He skirts or... around it, or he might have said something about I don't like medicine. But we don't know what that yeah. medicine was for. We don't. It, it, it's the thing of even even if you had it, right? Like he always does things because he he needs to have a splash because in his mind the great the greats which that what history says is true based on what we know from what has been written mm-hmm. they were crazy they were wildly different in mm-hmm. the time that they were alive they were not they were not light really right like they okay. weren't they they had a fan base but it wasn't it was always this Tension between admiration and what they perceive, what well, we would, if we read it now, perceive as jealousy, because they didn't understand their brilliance. And so, but he literally, he verbalizes it too much. Mm. He verbalizes. He's like, obsessed with the white culture. He's obsessed. He wants with to with be that, white. Oh well, Steve Jobs and Michael yeah. D'Angelo and all those things. I was just but like, but he so what never references a black successful person has a role model for him. He never, like he doesn't revere black community as much as he does the white community. It's like, why is that? Where is this disconnection? He was, at one point, just like you said, he is known for his controversy. He has said, like, remember when Bush was in office? Mm-hmm. He said, George Bush doesn't care about black people. That was, wow, you see a, a man in hip-hop who's doing numbers. He was, like, up and coming back mm-hmm. then. He was. He and, wasn't even at the peak peak. Right, he could have lost a lot of mm-hmm. support. He could have lost that platform, yet he still did that. We saw him has. Wow, he cares about the black community. He really, he's standing for the people. And for him to now be this MAGA-wearing Republican defendant, and it's like, stand with what you want. Okay, fine. People have their own politics. But you cannot now pander to the black community when you weren't standing for us just a moment ago. The thing you say that, he brings that up in this interview as his golden point of, like, contention that, he is for the black community. I was the person that said that. Well, one, we all have noticed that people can change, and we're, we're you need to model where he was at that point. His mother was still alive. If we're gonna yeah. go with this with our version of what has changed Kanye, his mother's death, him moving into this polarizing family who does all these things for attention that mm-hmm. his change in accent, he doesn't talk the same anymore consistently like all these things that have changed right and so okay you were that person but why aren't you now and, and were were the changes that led you to that path and you have to acknowledge him you can't say well because I said this thing I'm still that same person no you're not cuz you're not living the same experiences you don't have the same influences around you those mm-hmm. things have changed you and so the thing with Kanye is even if he's for real you say this is the way god has touched my heart and i'm changed because that happens we see that all all the time every day with regular everyday people people who used to be prolifer drug addicts whatever sin Mm -hmm. you want to say and they overcome that sin but you see major behavior changes in the way they talk the way they approach right this christ likeness Mm. kanye comes at and he specifically targets black america because black america and this is the most frustrating thing even for me Cause black America will still fuck with you. You could be low down, whatever. But what yeah. they won't do while they fuck with you is pretend that they they're not seeing your bullshit. They'll You could be bullshit, and they'd be like, "I'm gonna still fuck with you, but you bullshit." Like, and woman. that's the thing that irked Kanye the most. The white from from, and I'm always saying this right from our perspective, right from what I've seen from my Twitter. They're willing to suspend the belief and actually believe. Black people mm. will listen to this shit because they like shit. I just want to listen to the shit. Yeah, yeah. We like good gospel. We like good gospel. I oh, shit. That genuine kind of we kind of <laughs> like that shit. But you still full of shit. Like, and Kanye don't want that. He can't have the, the, yeah. the, no, I need you to believe I'm really. No, because yeah. if you really were, if you were coming from a christ like place, you wouldn't be one targeting just black people. Because black people yeah. aren't even the ones. We're just normally the loudest because people are so used to hearing our voice scream, Uh, um, we're being done wrong and listening to it and catching Mm -hmm. on to that and so he has to pay attention regardless if he wants to or not and you're coming at them with this kind of, this very condescending, you're already misogyncing, this condescending, like, y'all are the sheep, you're enslaved, you're in shackles, if they would've thrown the net, the mm-hmm, slave net. Mm-hmm. You gotta move the other, like, why stand in the same position? And the people who are following him are like, well, he wasn't talking about physical change, no. he was talking about mental change, slavery, and it's still the same it's still, thing. It's still, dr- it's still dangerous, it's still horrible And it's false, it's historically to, yeah. false. Right. How do you think we sit up right. here on a podcast, In this free ass room In this free ass home With her job that she pays for Mm -hmm. She ain't got to go through the back door for Mm -hmm. Who do you think got that This is only 2019 And I saw this quote that said Just because time passed Does not mean that the issue that was once Has solved or grown Or been relieved in any way But people get into that mind space And it's just like How do you think we got these things Mm -hmm. By people who were mentally enslaved So you're buying into what you're buying into when you're calling a different name is the laziness stereotype. When America has a very unique, the whole world has suffered slavery. It doesn't matter what type of culture, race, ethnicity, whatever you want to pinpoint the demographic as. But Chattel slavery in America is specifically Mm race-based. No other slavery was. You had Romans enslaving other Romans. It was more class based. America, American wrote constitutional laws when slavery was abolished. Right? When the wrong, when slavery was abolished in these other places they didn't write those laws mm-hmm. because they looked like them and even when they had mores and stuff they, they they didn't write the where your race your hue of your skin made you illegal, made you inferior. That's why child and it was the most gruesome. Right. The most horrific because of the type of grotesque beatings that they did just to get the slave because it wasn't just out of need for motivation to work. It was actual cruelty. So chattel slavery is so different that to have a people who have overcome that slavery and not be extinct by it. And then not only come through that. Then they went through emancipation. Mm-hmm. Then they went through all these things. You still have the prison industrial system. It's yep. still going on, right? Jim Crow. Then you go through Jim Crow. Then you go through civil rights. You have, mm-hmm. we're, we're not talking about just one huge movement of overcoming. I mean, child slave was how many years? It's Hundreds over of years. And over we're talking about there's again. a movement every generation. <laughs> every generation. Every generation. And then Black Lives Matter is the latest one that we could say. That's the movement, but that's still, it's, it's, it, there's no. It's just compounding sense. because there's yeah. no. There's yeah. no, okay, this yeah. movement has stopped. Yeah. It's just diverse. Like, oh, we got our justice. We got our peace. No, no, no. We're still fighting for it. We're still going through it. There's no, like, just how, like, the Jews, the Jewish people, the Jewish community, they're able to build themselves up. They have such a great repertoire. um, A lot of people revere them and see, oh, they're successful. They're Mm -hmm. financially independent. You want to start a business, you got to have a Jewish friend. You got to have a Jewish accountant. You got to know what you're doing. But for the black community yet, we don't have that. We don't have that yet, at least, but we don't have that. And there is still that struggle for us to build our own thing where we all support each other, but there's a lot of crabs in the barrel. And Kanye is a great example of a black person who is not helping the community who is harming us more than he's helping us but he's thinking his twisted mindset no i'm i I want you to see your mental empowerment if you just change your mindset when it's like no that's a lazy way to think about it like as if there weren't a Harriet Tubman as if they weren't because a It's Tucson an, Vuitton, it's an that, accusation in it. It's saying that you already don't have that when you're not looking at even if you look at the yeah, present, right? Yeah. People do this. Cause and effect happens for a reason and history happens for a reason. I hate this whole like when it comes to black people all of a sudden we have to forget history and we can only mm-hmm. look at the present and that's not even that's not how anything works. That's not how business works it's not how it's literally right. how, I, we would not have economics if we don't look to the past that's literally how they do these things mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and so that's how you can tell what's genuine and what's not I'll automatically look at what are the what are, what are the 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 topics that you try to push off the table oh no no, no we can't look at this. So we gotta look at these 10 years that's mm-hmm. not how it works because everything is compounded we're talking about because nothing is ever really solved then you Mm -hmm. just have these issues that continually just proliferate through Mm -hmm. continued years but under this guise of under this guise of you know we have overcome and it's like Mm -hmm. no we haven't and if we have we only overcome for a few and then you get into that mindset of like okay well, if a few did you get to the bootstraps of it all Mm -hmm. and the thing a big difference between the cultures is like in the jewish community had this too right with the holocaust right it's very popular when you're trying to subjugate people a popular way to do it is to devise them of their communities devise them of their support but what happened was when the holocaust was over they were allowed to rebuild those communities yeah safely Mm -hmm. in america right black people we are in america we were they were never allowed to rebuild them right. safely and even when we did black wall street what happened to they that they got bombed boom <laughs> or rioted threatened so people mm-hmm. and that kills me so it's like when you say things like that you haven't read and you haven't you haven't even ventured to to go beyond a soundbite and if that's what you have if that's if that's his most history you want to go to that's fine but when you have a status like he does and you're spreading the gospel right basically mm-hmm. your opinion on black life and because you're such a prolific figurehead in black culture anybody that's not in black culture that can't call bs is going to believe that that's harmful because maybe not to you directly but for those people who are in the spaces where black regular black people are and they're trying to advocate for themselves and they're trying to educate others and you got these people who aren't in black people that heard your dumbass on a <laughs> interview and they're saying well kanye didn't kanye said that they ain't true kanye said that y'all just lazy right, right. kanye said that y'all in the mental chains when this negro had the nerve to sit here and talk about democrats and what he said and, about the republicans talking about oh said, so, so here's the thing Ugh. you really have to really be i don't know i won't say that a lot of people don't know sometimes okay but i give you less chance to know because you have the access that who doesn't know that the democratic and Republican party will actually switched yeah yeah you didn't know that of, yeah so, so the Republican out, Party, yes. you are, you are correct. This is what we call half truth. You are correct. But the Republicans that you're venturing now used to be what, their views used to be Democratic views. The party switched. What was it? After Civil Rights Bill? It was, I think it was Lyndon B. Johnson. I can't remember. Don't hold me to that. Mm-hmm. They switched. So who we have as Republicans, actually, the Democrats used to be right-centered, right-leaning. Yeah, yeah. And then the Democrats, where we have our our modern-day liberalistic views, used to be called Republicans. And the fact that you you didn't say that second part of it, though, yeah. because nobody- and you and Say you, and, all of that. And then you're talking Singapore about history. to black women who are the most, uh, they they vote in a block, they vote consistently, they're very educated, very We political. create the change that we want to see. And you're telling us condescendingly, well, the Democratic- Parties out here just using you for your votes. You don't think people know that? Mm-hmm. You don't think people know that? The people who actually vote, because let's remind you, Kanye's never voted. He's telling you to vote and listen to a president. Right. Hey, vote he him. never voted. Right. So wow. how you going to talk about mental slavery? Mm-hmm. Were you a mental slave when, when you didn't vote? And mm-hmm. running for president? Because when it's your turn, the rules come into play. Now you, now it's pay attention to the rules. Bloop. But you were rebellious and you was about that like and all that. You didn't vote for the person you 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 championing for. I, I don't understand. And it makes it hard because when you do things like, you know, say Kim Kardashian and she's working with these groups to get to you know to really work on prison reform and stuff like that of mm-hmm. course people want those things but they want them in genuine earnestness they don't want them with this this freaking lecture that you're now all yeah. of a sudden you know all be all when people been on the streets though you get your name in the spotlight but the people who have actually who are doing the work for you under your name or the ones who've been in these streets mm-hmm. getting these prison reform you didn't just snap up because money ain't money money can go a long way but the people you try to get out of prison which is why y'all don't hear about it for months later it's those lawyers those black women those black men and that's not to discount Kim's successful efforts. It's not to say that it's just I want also for her team of people to be highlighted, you know? And that's what it's, it's, it's not like, just it's Kim like Kardashian. that. We want you to do that. That's yeah. what, is, what you're supposed to do. I hate mm-hmm. it. I hate how it was put like, when well, she didn't have to do it. Really? Because I thought I thought no. we are all humans. Yeah. I'm, I'm I am we were all humans. glad. So yeah. All the black people get people getting yeah. out of prison now. That's what she was supposed to do. hmm It has nothing to do with, oh, well, it's because she's doing it. No, it's because every time she's. Quoted with doing something. Now, y'all come out and y'all want to have this lecture about how, you know, she's the angel and the goddess. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I'm looking, then I'm reading another article about the team that actually did it. And I can understand as an intellectual that you need both. Sometimes you you need notoriety. Yeah, yeah. And you need star power. to get you need the all job power. done. You need to pull it out. They pull and it out. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. But stop with the holier than thou lecture about okay. See, this is what Kim do, but what y'all doing? No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. See now you gotta have to. Now you don't have to back up. We all fight just in different say, ways. Just say now that. Just say, hey, look what Kim's doing. Yeah. Period. That's great. Keep on doing that. Awesome. I don't know, man. I feel like oftentimes there are, cause you were saying earlier that yes, there are black people who are still holding him accountable and be like, oh, I like the music, but Kanye, you know, I'm looking through that shit, you know, whatever. Um, there are black people who still. Like they don't see past the gospel, and they're just blinded by wow, Mm -hmm. this is amazing. Let let him praise God. Anyone can praise God, and that's like that's not the point that I'm making. The point is, Jesus King had nothing to do with Jesus. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus is comments about Kanye. He's in that box. He's fine, even though I heard the album is not his best. I heard that too. I refuse to listen to it. Nothing to do with God. It's about. Kanye and his action and his motivation and his authenticity and the lack thereof to that. And you tackle about Jesus, Jesus. when you know, yes. how, you know how, like you just said, the dangers of Christianity in yes. the black community. Yeah. Right? We're not even gonna it's so that. sensitive for black people when you talk about religion, when you talk about faith, when you talk about spirituality. That is in our essence. So when you have someone like Kanye West who is literally pandering to us, manipulative as fuck, And there are black people who are so blind to what? Well, no, let him praise. Like, that's not the point. Look beyond that. He was just wearing a MAGA hat. Do you understand the symbolism in that? I want you to criticize him for his blatant manipulation because that's what it is. I, you, you at the very base, even if you're willing to say, you know what, I really want to step outside of it. I really want to see because I can do that. I can say, you know what? Yeah, there's gonna be people. There's going despite his own motivations or what I think it is, because of the lack of the the matchup with his actions and his words, right? And the way in which he's delivering this message, not in, not in his music, in his interviews and talking about it. The condensation. You're not Christ-like when you come like that. Mm, mm-hmm. you, you you're not sitting out here saying, you know, I want to bring people to Jesus, and then you're going on these rants about how people were mentally and stuff. That's not no. That's not how. Who would come to Jesus like that? That no. like that's the whole point yeah. of like just say millennials and this whole that whole debate of millennials against church because of that condensation. Yeah, religion. yeah. And that's and wild. so then Absolutely. how are y'all gonna back be mad at that in the church and then the person who's actually doing the same thing and then you're saying, Well no, he's doing a good thing. You just said it was a bad thing. Mm. You don't get to switch up because this person, you don't wanna dislike this person. I personally, personally don't believe him. And that's what it comes down to because if we're talking about, is he for real, that this is about Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's purely about Jesus. I don't believe you. Is Jesus might be sprinkled in there, sure. Sure. Is it really about Jesus? I don't believe it. I believe it's about controversy. I believe it's about narcissism. I believe it's about another big boom, another big moment for Kanye. I believe it's about him trying to figure out this identity he's trying to create within himself to make sure he's in history books. Because that's the thing, and that's what I think Kanye reveres about Donald Trump. The craziness Mm. of him that he's even legitimately a president. He he's done everything. He's defiled everything of the office, and I'm not even like super like you know Capitol Hill here. And he still has follow. He still has people believing him. Someone like Kanye is attracted to that. Yeah, yeah. Because it shows you're infallible. You're untouchable. That's what he wants. Of course, he admires him for that. Prayer has nothing to do with the in politics. Mm-hmm, of course, mm-hmm. you're hey, you.
1: When you admire somebody, like, don't you
0: overlook? Don't you let them habitually lie? He said that. He said that. Um, when he, he met he, with him, he's who he wants to be. He's yeah, he's in like that you're mind. like the father figure I never had. A white man. <laughs> he was talking about his talking about his daddy on the on the interview because I know uh, he his and daddy. his father is well and alive. Like he's <laughs> alive <laughs> he and well. He, say, he said something about he was talking to his daddy about the. about the music and while they was riding in the car I was like wait this is the first time I ever heard you say something about your Mm, daddy mm. and that might be on me y'all I'm not a Kanye super I don't be reading interviews from him but I really was only reason I really watched it because I was like I don't want to I don't want to have that testimony while I'm scrolling I I see your name and I'm like ugh it's the same thing with R. Kelly do y'all think I wanted to dislike R. Kelly Uh, the nigga's foul I love his music but he's a foul person and yes there are levels to foulness Everybody has their dirt, but there's levels to it, to where you have to say, okay, y'all, is it really that hard for you to walk away? Because Mm -hmm. what happens is reinforcement. All these streams... All this, you're not educating, you're not helping him. You're just helping him miseducate hundreds of people. And it's not even hard. It's not even like it's like some convoluted mess. What he's saying is that you can literally do a Google search. Hey, is the Democratic or Republican party? Did they switch at this time? Like You can find the answer. (laughs) And that's important for you. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that, and that could have been his opportunity to teach the people. And then we would be sitting here saying like that could have been a teachable moment. If if Kanye wanted to turn into Professor X, I would have been here all for it. Mm -hmm, Even mm -hmm. if you had, because you can be passionate right now, because I'm just naturally passionate. Kanye is a very naturally passionate person. Yeah. If he if if his passion and even some of his condescension towards people is from he just really wants them to wake up, like he really feels like they're not listening, they don't know. That would have been backed up by facts. Cause mm-hmm. you can, because then I would have been able to, meet person would be able to understand it. It's like, you know what? He's just trying to get it all out. But you can tell he's done his education, you can tell he's done his research. You can tell he's really studied this. And he's really trying to become like a student of it so he can now educate the masses. Educate but that's those. not what He's coming, he's coming with sound bites. that just are so blatantly wrong, like and embarrassing. How are you not embarrassed by that? Because it don't matter what you do. Like you said, like you still go you still black. And I'm sorry if that makes you feel trapped. And I honestly feel like that's one of the things he feels trapped by this blackness because he wants to be this omnipotent yeah. thing that's not and color, he's he's really struggling with like his color is boxing him in, even I though think, he he yeah. was aware of that it would. I feel like with Kanye, I would really I would be open to hearing him or watching him in an interview just say, look i said a lot of foul things. It was uneducated, it was dangerous, and I recognize my faults, and I wanna to apologize to anyone who I've harmed or miseducated along the way. Here are my thoughts and have it well refined. And what I'm trying to get to, his, even if I'm not yes. getting to it perfectly. And I will be open to hearing that because, okay, you're human, you make mistakes, and you could fall, trip over your words, but I feel like he is so, like he believes what he believes and he feels like his mindset is the correct mindset. And that is what I have a problem with. And I feel like the track that, when you talk about condescension, he has this, there was a clip from Keeping Up With The Kardashians and he was saying how he doesn't want Kim to be wearing what she wears anymore. Mm -hmm. He wants her to kind of cover up, you're my wife. He's saying how, look, um, I have my friends who are in the industry, they're showing me pictures of you and I feel uncomfortable because you're my wife. And it's like, oh, but you, Huh? Since when? Mm-hmm. When did you feel this way? Cause you was with Amber, wh- Amber, wh- whatever her name is, but Ballhead Amber wearing hardly anything. Amber Rose. Amber Rose. That's her name. Um, Kim. Like you have a track history of being with women who are you know controversial with their physical appearance. So, so she was like, no. oh, my Instagram. So she was like, Ooh. yeah, you have. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. You have <laughs> you have people who who he has been with who are physically attractive and very sexy and very out there with it, and now he's suddenly being condescending about it. Like I don't want you to be. I really that. wish you would have watched this interview because he said one of the biggest sound bites taken from that big boy interview uh-huh. um, is he saying. You know, Instagram social media has is is you know rotting the you know the family, which is, is, that's that's one of the 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 clock is broken, but it's right twice, twice a day, mm-hmm. right? It's not untrue, right? Social mm-hmm. media is corroding a lot of things, right? But you but then he was like, cause you know, he was like, now Instagram got your bitch, Instagram got your bitch, <gasps> and you're really talking. He's talking about himself. Mm. This came right after this that that show aired. Oh, that Instagram, got that. Instagram got your bitch, and people were like, "Well, how do y'all y'all know how Kanye talks in the third person? He's talking about yeah. himself." So, yes, but see, you don't get to, and maybe I can suspend myself and say, you know, maybe he just really just had this aha, but it mm-hmm. just his aha's just seem very disingenuous. Like now, mm-hmm, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you the father know it all. Like no, Instagram got you your now all of a sudden your whole persona and life, you your identity. You would have none if it wasn't for social media. Like if you stopped right now and you focused on music because you're saying social media is the evil, we we depend on it too much. You're not I don't see you pulling back. Mm-hmm. You're not leading by example you, other than being misogynistic towards your wife mm-hmm. who the reason why you were enamored with her and if right. we are if, if we to believe the rumors cheating while you was with Amber. Yeah. And the reason why you were with Amber because who did they who did they get you? They got your own mentions, they got your own uh, uh, stories, blogs, Instagram, social media, like... Suddenly, social media and the internet is not evil when it's not abiding to his agenda. Right. But when it... Because his agenda like, now what is to be mean? popular by saying those things are wrong. It, uh-huh. He's a contrarian. <laughs> Pure black and white. He's so full down of shit. Night. He's so it, full it's of so, shit. But it's so and fun, even that damn typical. shade room post I saw. I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently he was like suge- was strongly suggesting his crew to not have premarital sex <laughs> because that's they were not like, I just walked his ass about like, the, the music." Nigga, he don't get the fuck. Like, here is the though. and that is a hallmark of some some type of like conversions in Christianity, right? It has to be cold turkey. Y'all stop. Yeah. And y'all can't stop drinking. But the thing is, while he was doing it, he cussed. Mm. So he was so and he's not supposed to cuss no more, right? Right, right. So, but it quickly went out the window. Right. He, he made a joke about it. Because for him, he can sidestep the rules. Because he's he's above it. He's still above it all. He's still not in the middle of it. He's still not held responsible to the same standards you're trying to set because really only reason he's saying it because he wants it to say kanye said these things Mm -hmm. not that they are true not that they are helpful not that they are the way that we that will really lead us to freedom because someone else said it and it was true and it would heal us right now if he didn't say it, he would be against it and that's how I feel. It has to be that he said it and what he said was right and led to something positive, but it's, but it's not. He was like, and your girl got your big, it's your girl got your big, can I say bitch? Bitch. <laughs> and he just, it was very weird. How did God feel about that, Kanye? He laughed about it and that's how I'm looking Uh-oh. at. I was like, so, sick of him. so you're not really serious. You're not really serious. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of him. I don't believe it. I'm not falling for it, and I can't wait to see his next act. What is his next move? What he is the next girl. thing that he's going to do to continue to pander to us? And I'm just trying to see so I could be ahead of it <laughs> and like act against it right now. But I just I, <laughs> I don't, just, don't know. I do care <laughs> for me has been like to just skip over <laughs> because care. I found that mostly guys, and it's a few women in there, mostly guys. Yeah, I mostly follow black men, so maybe and there was a couple, of, it's always all the white men that I saw agreed, and they were like, Oh my god, it's the greatest guy. Girl, they start comparing him to Kirk Franklin, so that was the biggest thing on Twitter. Uh, they start complaining he was the king to anything. Kirk Franklin in 2019. We're not even talking that, about Freeman so Kirk Franklin. Cool. No. And so black Twitter hell, Kirk like, Franklin. you got your you children. You, yeah, you me. gotta be fucked You got me fucked up Kirk because is first the of all, rules. right, right, right. In the quarter, he won <laughs> okay. what you mean shirley sees um, you look up gospel clark, you see kirk franklin it's, period it's the, it's the clark sisters but my thing is with kirk franklin he actually recognizes his choir the new project the new kid like he names them oh, right. in his record New, new nation, nation Project. new kirk nation kirk. project yeah you don't yeah that's why, that used to confuse me i was growing up like first of all kirk Funk is not on none of these songs yeah yeah talk, yeah, like, yeah. How is this perfect, perfect? It's perfect. Record. <laughs> a perfect career of making gospel choirs lit. <laughs> That's it. Kirk Frank may be made do a rap, one Stop. rap line. And you that's all you hear. You don't know, Kirk ain't doing the the, the chorus. He's not doing he's not doing all that. He'll do like a four sentence uh intro and then you'll hear everybody else singing. This His words come down like Jesus from above and then he back out and then you got it. But Kirk Frank is gospel though. Because because you want to talk about genius, right? Mm. You want and that's why they're comparing, right? Because we're talking about not just the dis, the final product we're talking about the production of it the genius of how to, deliver, baby, <laughs> how to deliver how to do how to deliver something unique in this space cuz gospel i mean to be able to really do something in gospel like that mm. um with all the way gospel changed and how millennials took to it gospel means so much to people like yeah. literally just like most music does Kirk Franklin cornered that market into to even suggest like I honestly don't think Kanye is as much as a genius that everybody want him to be. Mm. I think he's very good. But as far as, like, Warhol level, like, no. genius, I don't and think And he wants so. to get it, there so bad. I also just feel like... I wonder, and I'm wondering if that's you all fault. It ain't my fault because I just told him. Yeah, it. that's the thing. I wonder if it's you thought this because y'all made him believe he was yeah. this untouchable genius. Because what he was doing in the moment was so fresh and it was consistent to a point but then now it's just like i feel like he just went off the rails like he has to be this he has to he has to be in that history book he has to be you already in history book i feel like with a lot of black people when it comes to christianity when it comes to following the word and following god's way however people want to name it there's a lot of people who are easily manipulated and are easily maneuvered to just Say yes and not question, not challenge, and to just automatically forgive. And it brings me to the whole Amber Auger situation when the brother of Bohem Jean, how he forgave her. And yes, that's a personal choice, and people could do whatever they please mm. with that. But I feel like oftentimes when we think about Christianity, a lot of people who are Christians feel like they have to be a doormat. It feels like they have to just not say an opposite opinion and because of that you have oppressors you have white oppressors whomever it is they are just continuing to oppress us because we're not challenging them we're not staying in it's our anger negative reinforcement. and that's, nothing, and that's why it that. was such a it's concerted just, effort. i forgive you i love you if bohem jean would have wanted you to just accept jesus christ as your lord and say like actually he would have wanted to he be alive because jesus loved jesus was do y'all not know the old testament jesus girl God? y'all ain't know jesus was flipping over tables thank you people over are tables. acting he like, like jesus now out out the that. world, girl what you jesus mean so he wiped out the world eve the curses us all because she ain't and y'all don't think jesus was for justice Jesus said, This is what I said. I said what I said. You're going to do what I said, or you got to go. Period. And this is what happens if you don't do what I said. You say. were supposed to forgive that man at your house. You yeah. weren't supposed to forgive. And it only matters because of the whole um, parade of them trying to get attention on that case. Mm-hmm. Right? Because everybody should. You, you, When it's your personal family, you have a right to grieve how you want to grieve because whatever's going to get mm-hmm. you to that next. That, yeah, that next moment to a live choice, again. Totally. And fine. to be able to deal with that grief, you have absolutely right. I don't care if you you kiss that man's feet. But as far as when you things go into a public, it's no longer just about you because it holds implication, right? Because it changes people's views, their mindsets, their actions. And so now it has to you have to be, there has to be a critical analysis of it. What that did, what it wasn't, it didn't come off as a show of forgiveness. It came off as a you can literally Open someone's door, shoot them while they're Mistaken eating ice cream, it for and you your get a own. hug from a judge, and you get a hug from the brother, and the you the evilness of embrace. it, the evilness of it, right? Which is in place. There's a reason why we feel, why we label things the way we label them. So it says we should never do this. So this was evil, so no one ever does it again. Mm-hmm. But when you trample on that and now you've recategorized it to this fake faux haul forgiveness, which I don't even think they were doing. They were just grieving the best way they knew how. They, I don't think they were thinking about the perception and the impact that it would have on how people behind them, that people that were murdered for less or for more would be handled in the justice system. Would be impacted by. I don't think they were thinking about it, which nobody can fault them. But that's what what this what it comes down to. Now this horrible thing that was truly evil and truly inconceivable becomes like a um. Uh, well, I mean, just forgive my. Your, I mean, just, it's now it's normalized. Forgive this key. There's a reason why there needs to be, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to say people need to sit and hate. Right. No. But there's does, a reason why there's negative emotions attached to certain certain situations. Because they keep people from repeating certain yeah. atrocious acts. Like slavery. You know, like there's a reason why people lose their jobs for saying the word nigga. Like, is that really the word saying something? If a person yeah. says nigga to me right now, am I really about to crumble and die? Mm-hmm. It is not the word, it is the implication of their action that yeah. can be followed by the word from historical reference. And I've said this before because we are not too far removed. It's about holding people accountable you did something wrong, you did an injustice, I'm bringing justice to that by holding you accountable rather than just immediately going to this forgiveness mode. And I think, of course, it's a personal choice. You got to do whatever works for your healing. But because this was such a sensationalized case, Mm -hmm. there it, it was just so dangerous for this to be publicized and for white people to see, yet again, another okay let me give you a hug for that little murder you did you didn't mean it it was an accident yeah you okay you was on the phone you was distracted and yeah you had little racist type of tweets or text messages to your man and yeah you was only worried about your job after you realized he was dying but look people make mistakes like forget the evidence (laughs) and that's Ah! Think you know, of these ridiculous things that you have to, you have to tell a story around a story around a story to make it Ugh, okay, right? Like to make it we're okay. About, we're talking about this wasn't some obscure case where right. no one can really see the motive, mm-hmm. right? We had text messages, yeah. we had we had witnesses. Okay, witnesses. And then had specific, we have a neighbor that suddenly got killed. <laughs> how many days? Like thirteen. Shoot. And now they're now they're appealing the case. And do you not think her her sentence is going to be lighter if? If she even goes back to jail at all, and it ain't because of just his murder. It's because of what happened, the hugs, the forgiveness. Now they get to enter that into evidence and say, well, if the people who this harmed the most say that this person should be forgiven, and Mm -hmm, forgiveness doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily just mean free of judgment. You can be forgiven and still have to sit and still have to be accountable for the harm that you caused people. I don't understand where the justice system to black folk, they understand very well. People get forgiven all the time. They still got to sit behind the barn. Yeah, yeah. Until that 5 to 10 run close. So even if that was the way y'all wanted to play it, it's not consistent. And that's how you know it's a lie. That's how logic, that's why the logic don't match up. Because if it was that way, if it was a, hey, we forgive you, if we we understand now in hindsight, this a reasonable person could say that, okay, you know, this is a weird situation we never came across before. But you know what? Now we're really going through it society decides can uh, okay, we're going to forgive you if they apply that logic to the to the cases that were less that had a less degree of harm as murder and those people were free then we wouldn't be having this conversation at because all because now we have decided that society this is a new rule this is how society has viewed compassion and this is how we're going to you know like apply justice you apply it across the board but that's not what's happening when you apply, when you have to make up these sideshow rules and just apply to one specific case, that's manipulation, and it's deceitful, and it's just—you got to, you have to call it what it is. Like if black people don't do nothing but else, they're gonna call some what it is. And yes, there are moments where it's like, okay, we need to do more than that too. But at the first time, you have to do, you have to do the very first thing. Bare Awareness. minimum. What is the you bare minimum? You gotta make minimum. people aware that hey, She's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> you still murdered my brother in, in cold, cold blood. blood. He was And I feel like he, because Bohem Jean, he was he has such a impeccable lifestyle. You know, he's a stand up good black man. He went to church. I think he was an accountant. Um, had his own place. Like nice, good, doesn't look scary. I feel like that there there should be no reason why there should be bad reports. Like he deserved it, or well, he should have never banged on the door after she killed him, and they had to ruffle through his apartment. Why they did that? Because he <laughs> shot him on the couch. He wouldn't But get it's just so work. sad that we have to come to a place in the world, in society, in the media, to have a clean black man so he could be seen as, oh, he really was a victim. Rather than. He no, was sitting down eating his ice cream. He was gosh, just shot. a victim. Even if he ha- did time in jail for five years for whatever. He could have been a rapist. Let's not like get something really evil. He could have been a rapist. He could have just got through raping somebody. In this instance. Right. In this instance, he was the victim. He was the victim. So whether he had a great clean record before or not, that shouldn't even matter. Like we shouldn't have to come to a place in our world where we have to question, well, he did weed when he was 17, so he was in the wrong tracks. And maybe he didn't need to be living in that nice and environment. And you know what people are trying to do when they do that? They're trying to establish cause and effect. They're trying to say this mm-hmm. is how your character was built. So obviously mm-hmm. this is a person with this type of character. But it's funny because when you talk about slavery and all the other cause and effect, and history don't longer apply. It's just, we're, we're talking about the present. Mm, yeah. But hold on, the logic you just tried to establish right. was that someone's history impacts who they are right now and we have to take that into consideration when we're talking about motives and how they and what they would have done because we can't hear from their mouth or even if we do to establish are they telling the truth but when you're talking about so polarizing especially when it relates to black people all of a sudden what that happened y'all talking about things that happened so long ago that that aren't relevant and it, it just doesn't make sense and you just have to that's when you have to just be like okay this is nonsense we're we we're, we're just not gonna do that. And going wrapping it back around to Kanye, I think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why there's this annoyance, and so you can see it in the interview where he's he he tries to like laissez faire, like. I don't Mm -hmm. care about black people validation and all that other stuff. And I was like, "Well, you can't escape it." He said, "Black people don't run culture," which we first of all we know is a lie. Okay, you just you wouldn't even have to hear black culture or or language. Forget language. Look at fashion. Look at we people. They we do establish. We are American culture, right? And so when he said that, and then he was like, he was like, "You can't." He was just like, "I don't, I don't care about, I don't care about what, what what black people say, but you do, but you do." Period. I, and I'm not even saying that you have to this isn't even a Kanye should has to care about what black people have to say and he has to be all about black people you should be about all people right this is about the disingenuousness of you trying to say that you shouldn't be stuck in a cage or stuck in you know to this glue to this one demographic and He's trying to make it seem like we have. He has to be on the whims of our needs and what our likes and dislikes are. But then you turn around and this is why Big Boy asked the question. And he asked it with a smirk. He asked, and he was very smart about it. He was like, "Cause he, he was like, so what about what about white Twitter? Do you care about what they think?" Uh-huh. And he was like trying to hold in a laugh. <laughs> and you know this dummy was like, "Well, yeah." Well, hold on. I thought it was. I, I thought it didn't matter. Being a slave to I don't know. one demographic or uh, uh, or i thought it was about humanness he has a mental being. disconnect i don't think he understood maybe he He's didn't get that joke foolish. in that moment maybe i don't know He wants attention it's it's a behavioral thing it would be no different from a kid who was in a classroom right acting mm, up mm-hmm. saying whatever he knew could say could to get attention mm-hmm. and black people are we are sensitive folks we and are we, we we just we got to talk about look kanye and he knows how to rile us and I, sometimes i do like the worst thing the what people need to do right if we're talking about what what would cause real behavior change silence yeah but, but here I we don't are be silent. It's, no, been silent. To do it's been about we don't know how to be silent So i'm gonna be silent right now and switch gears because i'm tired of kanye until next time um, so there was a recent study. I don't know if it was recent, but I recently found out that apparently single black women, or maybe we'll just single women, but since we're black, let's just add black. Um, <laughs> <was> that <laughs> in add that to, a study. to the study. <laughs> add that to you our know research. Out. We, should, we should sneak us in here. We're yeah. here. <laughs> so single black women are the happiest group of women. And to add to that women who date down so not just that group of people but also group of people who are women who date down and down hasn't maybe you have your phd social and economic you're like, yeah. yeah like your man you know got his ged he's doing okay but you're doing greater social economic wise you're climbing that social ladder and i just think that's interesting like First, let's just dive into single black women are the happiest. Are we the happiest? (laughs) I I, I, want to know, and I love so I'm so I'm a uh, (laughs) my background is research. I'm like I I live for some academic peer review journals. Okay, okay, Okay? that's cute. So um, (laughs) just because this is really how I like learned how to like really read in college, everything had to be academic peer review. Mm -hmm. So I just developed like you know, find for them because I was able to learn how to read them. And so, like, when you, and you, and they're interesting because you got to catch how science ingrains these biases in these studies and statistics, right? And so when I'm like, oh, I want to see what type of, what type of variables they had in that study, like what age range were these black women that are single? Are we talking about oh, older women? Are we talking about, about 18 to 25? Because in other stories, maybe and I'm pretty sure they're probably related because research even if they don't, they're not using and ingraining other research in their research. The fact that they even did this research means they, they're familiar with the other research in the, in the, in the same topic range mm-hmm. that for all women, right? If they're, in the more millennial age then that's true and that has to do with the more autonomy women are having the the actual exercising of the women's rights that w- women have had for a while now but really being able to stand in it and be like you know what i might be single for a while or i'm not using you know like women who like such as myself i wasn't raised to think like Uh, in order to really survive life and have a happy life, I'm going to have to have a partner. I was raised to live like, you have to make sure you can provide that life for yourself and still get a partner, Mm -hmm. right? The partner wasn't left out. It was just that I couldn't depend on that, right? Mm -hmm. So, and women really like, crafting their, their lives that way to make sure like, you know, they're getting careers that can be sustainable if they never have somebody else to live with them. And that's mm-hmm. why that trickles down to why there's fewer babies being born because women are choosing more careers that are, you know, a yeah. lot more arguous and that they have to Very they have to, so. you know, be focused and people still ain't trying to provide daycare. So, you know yeah. they got to make these choices. So, I would I would venture to guess that they're talking about women who have to be 35 and under, maybe 40 mm-hmm. and under. It is not older women just because of purely generational their the thought processes Yeah, I don't think it would be older. I think it would have to be around the age of, yeah, like maybe late 20s in the 30s. I also feel like there is now an agency over our body. Um, we are more in control of our body. We are more in control of our sexuality. We are more in control of- In the of, open. In the open too. There is no shame in us being, mm-hmm. period. And in the past, it used to be very shameful to have more than one partner. Never mind partners. It, was, it used to be very shameful. And there used to be this, just this, dehumanizing of women to black women in particular to be sexual, to be open and to be a casual date or one time, or maybe to not be interested in a serious relationship right now, or whatever the case is. And now I feel like there is more of that confidence for black women to just be. And if if being right now is to be single and live your full life, mm-hmm. go out on dates with yeah. different men. So you choose, go out on trips and not have to be going with a person in particular. You go on solo trips. I feel like now they buy a house, buy a house. house. I, most of my female friends who have houses, they don't have husbands. They don't have husbands. are not waiting to. We're not we're waiting, not waiting to reach those milestones. And here's yeah. the funny thing: one of my in my master's degree, is this white lady. She was one. She was my main professor, and she's the one that really got me heavy into that. I was doing my thesis. She was actually my thesis advisor, and she just asked me randomly one day. She was like, "I'm doing this research." on women and social dynamics and she was looking at older women and she noticed a trend where black women who are the most educated group of people period yeah right regardless of now that on the side of that a lot of them go into fields that aren't necessarily the most compensating right Mm -hmm. but they're still the most educated and she was finding how as they're getting older in their 60s they're so engulfed in poverty and she wasn't understanding why mm. because academic success is supposed to be linked and it is linked still heavily but not as now we're seeing like it's not as intricated. and you get a degree you're gonna be super successful but it's still very heavily the correlation is still very heavily linked. you have you get an upper education degree and you're supposed to be not homeless period mm-hmm. and I didn't even even have to answer. I was just like, "Oh, just looking at my own life." I was just like, "Well, because black women usually bear the brunt of caretaking for all these other family members." So you think about, say, just a regular, let's say, a man, even a black man. We'll take a white man since they're you know we use the mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did a degree. They only have to worry about building and lifting themselves up and then once they get a family their immediate small family black women especially black women especially the oldest of the black women have to take care of we're not even talking about just their husbands right Mm -hmm. because that ties into like black women marrying down we're talking about their moms mm-hmm. and their families, yep. first generations. Yeah, they're having to carry all these people on them, so that money that they're getting Send money back is, home is, is not right. And if they're first generation and their and their families are in another country, yeah, and that money is getting spread so think they're not being able to build wealth they're not even being yeah. able to really chase their dreams cause and, we never had the opportunity to have generational wealth Yeah. so it is easier for a white person to build and care about themselves and to do so without any guilt cause there's not there's no family member really needing them to support, support me yeah. I, gotta, I gotta take care of all these people what you mean yeah. like they were counting on me and now I got this $65,000 70000 job that if you if you, you y'all got jobs on here okay mm-hmm. and y'all know how those taxes work and you're taking it out and uh they're the most educated so uh they probably have the most student loan debt mm-hmm. so because then they they're come bad. from wealth right so you're not you're thinking about all these things that are like hindering them and she but she just she couldn't understand she couldn't understand. she was like well, how are they still poor it's literally just so i don't understand mm-hmm. I was just like, well, you're not. Bitch. <laughs> she, <laughs> genuinely, she genuinely was confused. We're talking about a seasoned researcher. We're talking about she got grants for Let the father. Let me show you house. my account. I can't just <laughs> ask because daddy. For- she might take care of her older, her mom or her dad when she gets older. But you talking about siblings? Able-bodied? Yeah. You talking about and your mom and your, your one parent? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's if they sick. Like, you know, that's when they're used to, like, it, it coming in and them having to, like, share resources. But by that time you hear, if it's more of, like, if it's, like, a, a white couple, they move their parents in their house. And, you know, they've already established mm-hmm. those goals. So it still might not be even the same type of hardship. Like, she might not even have had the money because she's out here bailing somebody out or helping somebody do something and, and reach their genes to be able to get the house yet Or to get, to get those goals that we say... You know, like our standard of like wealth building, getting a house, getting equity, getting, you know, like paying off debt. Like she she doesn't have the opportunity to do that. So the segue into women who date down being happy, I feel like I understand it if the man is still doing everything that there's that women are looking for. I won't say they're supposed to right? the traditional because as as most as we talk about women living their truth and provide a lot of women still. We are still very kind of like gender oriented as far as like who's supposed to do who. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes, we are. Like yeah. as much as we can we're more flexible and, like all right, well if you're not doing that then all right, all right. All right. I guess it's on me. But but provide safety, emotional safety, physical safety. So, okay, oh boy got a GED, but if he coming in with a good there's still trade jobs that make a lot of money. Yeah, people who yeah. pick up trash, 60 k. Like, those things together, like- can you can sixty and sixty? You, got, it's one hundred twenty thousand. You can have a low middle class life with that if you don't have a whole bunch of other debt crowding you down. And then because we got to look at what are really the barriers to the happiness, right? It's usually I financial. Your usually man, he has to be. At least, if you're gonna date down, I think it's important for the man to be comfortable in who he is, to be confident who he is, and to know, okay, yeah, my my woman, she is making X amount, and I'm making X amount, and that's the difference there. But I hold it down in the house. My my our kids respect me, um, respect her too. You know, I take care, I provide her. See, I don't even with understand why a woman having that much money would actually would derive all those things, right? Like erode those things, like me making 120000 and you making 70000 how does that automatically in their minds though it automatically correlates so to long, lack of yeah when you think about the history paid, women paid the
1: bills in the house but when
0: you think about history it's been for so long the men making that large amount and the woman feeling oh because he's making that large amount I'm, I am protected now when the woman is making that large amount the man sometimes will feel like well what is my role I can't really this is really the money that you're bringing in? what money am I bringing in you may be bringing in money of course but it's not as much so now they feel like now their identity is a little scarred who am I what's my place here what can I do, do I just give you the dick and leave or what is it you know so the so- lack of happiness actually has nothing to do with the money at all the lack of happiness has to do with your attachment to how money you know, and, and people, everybody's uh, identity is affected by their financial status. Absolutely. It's not just me at all, Absolutely. right? But but you, when you're aware of that, and then you start to act in a way that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, how are you as a man acting because your wife? Right, we're talking about shared money anyway, right? Like your wife is making more money. And are you now acting in a way that's causing unhappiness in the relationship? Mm. Are you being harsher to try to establish a more dominant effect? Because what? Instead of coming to you for the lunch money, little Jimbo came to, to your mama first, little Dante. Who is he Jimbo? You, he, here's, the, here's the thing I found, though. Women, and studies show this, women are the financial caretakers. But when we're talking about actually yeah. paying the bills, oh. knowing how much these cost your grocery right. shopping, anything Sweating financial, out even they are mean. the ones who take care of it anyway. It doesn't matter where the money Yeah, your money yeah. came from your paycheck. They got your bank account information. That's how they know what's in there, because mm-hmm. they pay it. So, Lil Dante was coming to her anyway. And that's why I don't believe Teresa Judici didn't know anything about Joy. <laughs> 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 to bring it back to Real Housewives of New Jersey, to anyone who listens that, I feel like she knew. She's trying to act like she didn't know. No, but she, she knew. No, didn't know because we, we also equate. We were taught to equate. People are raised still t- in 2019 equate. Financial security means happiness. Yeah. A man's financial security means happiness. Even Oh, you know... And I think that's part of the reason, too. Like, do men really care that much about what a woman does for a job like women do? If they have... what they're doing what they want to do? You got to engineer it. Does he really care that you need to be an engineer, too? But let it be a woman engineer... That nigga gotta be an engineer. He yeah. <laughs> gotta be an engineer. I said, I'm right? Like, am I lying? Nigga, like, you better be a plastic a surgeon. Like, <laughs> she can be like, oh, you know, I'm a, and I'm a, I'm a see it I'm, a, you know, like I'm a, I'm a, what is a LVN or something, mm-hmm. you know, something people would consider lowly that I don't at all. But that, that doesn't, it doesn't, Come in that much money? You make it maybe thirty, forty thousand dollars. Mm. He gonna be like, all right, well, that's just an extra thirty, forty thousand. Mm. Black women, have I'm gonna switch. say black women. Like, who are you looking for? what you have you three <laughs> degrees? He gotta have three and a half. He gotta have three. I'm an engineer. He, I, he has to be. Sorry, are you going back I'm a mechanical? to school? <laughs> <laughs> are you going back? Get your other now, I don't necessarily <laughs> do that because I've watched <laughs> people, and I know people who are in relationships with all those bills and whistles, and they be mm. on my line, really unhappy. And here's the thing, but because why? It really does at the, because at the end of the day, when all that nobody really cares about that outside, mm. and except the outside. But when you with your partner, it's just you. That's real. That's real. That's just you. Yeah, you coming home to the stress about this this well-paying job right. that you hate, right? I used to talk to this dude, and he was a consultant for one of the biggest consultant firms in D.C. Mm. Hated his job. He was trying to escape to become like a motivational speaker or something. Not, and, mm. and I'm not saying that as a slight. I'm just saying yeah. as far as like looking at the pay. Like he had a guaranteed. Very well stable position. On the press. People loved him at work. Wow. He hated it. He hated it. So you're coming, and that's what we would talk about all the time. Right? Like, I used to be like, and so there's that stress months. coming home that you now have to deal with. Has what? the woman and save y'all were married, y'all were living together. Now you have to also deal with that. And it's like, oh, well, would I rather give that up and just have my man work a job that he loves so he could come home and be the happy man that I know he can weird, be? We're equating this happiness to the things that we do that other people can see yeah because but what really matters is the things that nobody else can see the things that we have to do on a day-to-day basis you got to get up and go to work you got to do the same sort of type of work it it ain't the brunch it ain't the brunch highlights right the things you got to come home to y'all both coming home from a a job that you hate and it's kind of like at the end of the day i learned like okay i want to marry a doctor well accidents happen all the time very Mm. frequently what if something happens to his hands can he be a doctor Mm. anymore and then if he you know how much energy and time someone spends to to create a career like that and it becomes your identity and i i know that like career is a big identity afflictor for me and so it's for for that type of career if they can't do that thing anymore how they change as a person mm-hmm. and how that can affect and so it's like okay yeah it matter. it matters to me that we both can provide for each other because to me when you're in a relationship things become Intertwined, it don't matter who bank account it comes out. It, it, it this is me. It, really it doesn't, doesn't matter it doesn't. if I take five dollars from my savings account and I got five dollars from my it's still five dollars. It's still about both my five dollars. Like yeah. we play this mental game of like, oh, I'm gonna put this amount here, i will put this amount right. here. It's now separate. I got I got two thousand dollars in savings, but I got three thousand dollars in debt. Do you really have it though? Oh, yeah, like if you were doing, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying so it becomes like this mental jingle, and it's just like that's not where their professions are not where the happiness is, but if someone wants to ask us, if someone on the outside wants to say, like, oh, what does he do or what do you do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's when it becomes important. Because mm-hmm. now it feels like it's a status. And you want thing. it to look good. You want to impress your parents. Maybe they're the ones who you need that validation from. Oh, yeah, dad, mom, he has his masters, he has his business, he has this and that. It's like, well, but are you happy? Is he happy? Can, I just want us to get to a place in society where we don't have to like adhere to the bells and whistles we don't have to to like it's just it's just really sad though but like it's gonna be like freaking hunger games (laughs) like when they dressed all up because I'm sick of it like I I would love to do I would love that we I would love that we all could like work our passion and get well paid for it. I don't, and society not society. Our, our into consumerist it. society is not built like. It's I just a want system. balance. I want more it's balance. The I want more people to have. More, and I say more people. I mean, I include myself, right? Like when you really step back and think about even the small amounts of happiness, like the minutes, to minutes, the day by day, like. It, Not everybody can do what they love, but can you not do something that you hate? You know, like can we can we like start there? Like, but what if what you hate is bringing you the income to have that lifestyle? what People do they offset it? Okay, this this income is bringing me money. I hate this job. The income because it's relieving some other type of stress. People people don't just stay in misery if they're not getting something for it. You have people. We'll take a case and say because logic is logic. A drug addict. And this is how people, this is how we classify, right? It's my former psychotherapist coming in. It's how we classify, right, impairment. Does someone really have a problem? And it comes down to the impairment and there's certain spheres we concentrate on. We concentrate about your work sphere, your social life, your family, and just your and your health. And there's levels of impairment to where you are literally impairing. You're purposefully. You know that this is happening. You're impairing yourself. You know, lost your job. You lost your wife. You lost. But you still, still in the do crap. You, you went still. to jail five times. What? So what is the crap doing for you that you can't stop? Because all these things, all this misery that you've accumulated to get this one thing that's harming you. You have to look at what is what is helping. It's escape it's escapism. That's how you say it. Yeah, escapism. And that's where true recovery comes from when they can identify yeah. okay, this is what the crack is doing. This is the bomb that is is putting on this is the this is the rooted issue. And once they figure that out, then that's how people can turn the corner and then get their life back on track. So most of the things when people say they, they hate something, they're still doing it, is because it's, it's solving an issue internally, externally. That even though they there's all this misery over here, this is something that they care about, and that money hitting like nothing else is like nothing else is working, and that's generally and that's the that logic can be applied to any type of money, sex, it really doesn't matter. I don't know what those women. I want to say that those women who are happier with with men who aren't making the most money. They probably they're not focused on money because together the money that they're both getting is enough to provide for their needs. Yeah. Like their family's being taken care of. And here's the thing money a lot of people say well, money, money doesn't mean happiness. Money doesn't equal happiness. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, I think it's half and half. Like, money yeah, could feel. sure help to bring that <laughs> happiness in. You know, like when I don't have to stress about how am I going to pay this or how am I going to pay that? How am I going to stretch this $150 for the next so next two weeks until I get paid again to have, like, all of these things that people, legitimate people who do have these degrees, who do have um, all of the status, there's still poverty that we're still trying to break out the cycle from. So when we go back to um, your white professor who was kind of just lost about well, how can – How are there still people who are so successful, you know, these black women who are so successful and yet they're in poverty? It's just... It's the system. It's the system. You can have all these great degrees. You could have these prestigious jobs, but you don't come from a generational wealth. You don't come from a, a, a family that you could just like, oh, Dad, I'm running short. Could you just loan me this, or could you just give me this, or whatever it is? You have to kind of figure it out. And while you're figuring it out, the you're you're pinching pennies. You're pinching the pennies. Is, and money does help. Issues like, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about genera- Generational. We're talking about okay, you're poor. And if you're poor, you're probably unhealthy. And if you're unhealthy, you probably have unhealthy in body. You're also unhealthy in your mind. mean, you probably have horrible coping skills, if at all, to be able to overcome little slights, mm-hmm. traffic delays, things like that, that raise your blood pressure and all those things. All of these are compounded. You can get money. You can get a paycheck. And you can solve, like, okay, I won't be homeless. But you still have all these other issues that that poverty has induced and compounded that you have to deal with that just mm-hmm. throwing money at a bill is not going to solve. So for those women, I want to say, like, with once those needs are provided because they're looking at it as a joint effort and not a... They're not expecting it just from him, but they're also not tripping in that it that most of it comes from them because they're looking at the situation like this is a family. We are, as a family, we're taking care of each other. Things are getting taken care of. So all that extra pressure that didn't even really need to exist, all this social anxiety pressure, they can genuinely be happy with each other. They probably don't fight as much because the bills are getting paid, Who no matter who pays them, mm. right? Like, okay, friend, let me ask you, do you feel like you and your husband need to have a separate joint account? No. A lot of people would say that they have to have a separate joint account. Separate? Like, there has to be. So they have a, they have a joint account, but then they have to have separate accounts. Oh, uh, no. I feel like, look, if we in this thing, our money, our income kind of goes in this joint bulk account that has our names on it. I don't want to think of, about marriage where you have your own account and the other person has their own account. And there are some people in my life who are older and would say, "Well, you know, for like, you know, for your safety, you privacy. don't know yeah, privacy, yeah, yeah. you don't know what could happen in the future. Have a little something in the bank just in case." And it's like, I I get that fear, but I also I do want to like I do want to marry for love. I do want to trust and feel like, "Okay, my husband is my Yes, people could change over time. You never know what could happen. But going into it, I want that joint togetherness, that real unity. I feel like having it, and I agree with you, I feel like having it is needed to keep your foot on each other's neck, to be mm. like, because there's no escape plan. And if oh, you and mess that it way. up, you're going to both drown. And it keeps you on your toes to be like, me, my biggest thing is like with a person I'm looking for is I need somebody that's not running away. Like we both in this. I can't Absolutely. tell you what's going to happen. I can't tell you how we're going to change. I know we're going to change. All these little like, you know, like. Part of life. You get older. You fortune Your mindset I just know that I'm the type of person when I'm in it with you, I'm fighting with you. It's just like with family. Yeah. It's just like you can't run away from it. And you have to figure out a way to get through it. So, having escape plans is smart. Now, if we were in a different culture in different time, if I'm in Syria or even in America and in harsh conditions where that type of subjugation is readily happening to me, then yes. Because marriage yeah. in itself wasn't probably about love. It was about property, Survival. Still about property exchange, yeah. right? and. And you probably didn't want to be married in the first place, so yeah, that's gonna be part of your mm-hmm. your your mindset. But I'm not in that situation, so I don't feel like I need to consider those things. Right now, if we talk about second marriage, in hell yeah, because I haven't been through. I don't. Right, but this is my first marriage. Nigga, like, here's this uh, prenup. <laughs> Sign it. So I mean, I, I mean, I just feel like you set you you're setting intentions. And it's not to be naive about something because if I feel like I'm about to marry this person and I can't be at, at, the, at least at the beginning. I'm yeah. not saying you in the marriage and stuff is like you don't got bamboozled. I'm talking about that big at the beginning, but you still have a choice to say yes or walk away and you you unsure. Boop. You should just not be marrying that person. And you shouldn't be, well, let me just put something to the side just in case because I'm I'm only 95% about him. No, that's where you messed up right there. Like you should have just yeah. been together. I'm not even I'm not even saying you leave the person. I'm just saying you shouldn't have got married because if you need to have escape funds, mo- I can see if you wanted it for like a privacy thing because everything doesn't to be together. But finances are just so I don't think those things can be private, and if they are private, then it turns into something that's then ugly. Then it's like, oh, you kept this away from work. me. Mm-hmm. You have this dark secret. Yeah, it's it can never messy. be private for a good reason. Like, oh, I'm just saving for life right. insurance. I'm saving this money <laughs> that's going into my life insurance. But nah, like, oh, nah. okay. how come I don't see you either? No, nah, he going on trips. He buying stuff that you're not supposed to know, and that's a problem, right? Because if you're mismanaging your funds. For the family, you know, like, because if you want, if you, if you're my husband and you want a big screen TV and I can disagree with you all day, but you really want that big screen TV, then buy it with your chest. Don't sneak Mm -hmm. out Yeah, yeah, don't sneak out. And get it. Well, I have my own savings account. What you mean? Our savings account. Oh, so you have your own? My name don't even got to be on it, boo. (laughs) My name just got to be on a marriage certificate when I slide into the bank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm his wife. Slide it over. I need, I need all the statements. Because he lied. Ma'am, your name is not on the account. It don't matter. I'm his wife. <laughs> Ma'am, I don't see. The certificate. I'm his wife. You know, it supersedes all of these other signatures that you shouldn't have got I was at work. My bad. We didn't get, we not get around to it. But you know what I'm saying? Let's say like. That's the type of communication that you, that's what marriage to me, and this is someone who's never been married, right? But then we all come into what are our perspectives. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen and heard and listened to other relationships, people talking about what they should have done, what they would have, wish they would have done, it's just like, do it with your chest. You still gonna do it. You wanna do it. If I'm gonna disagree with you, I'm gonna disagree with you about that TV, whether you got it from the account that I saw or not. I see the TV, it came from somewhere. <laughs> So, so, you went to Best Buy this morning? <laughs> oh, okay. The same thing if I wanted some shoes and he said I've been having too much. Because it's always a deeper root issue. It's about being able to say, first of all, why am I against the TV in the first place, right? Is it because I really don't care that he has a TV? Or is it because we were probably trying to save for something mm-hmm. and that TV was an unnecessary expense, to, considering that depreciation on TVs that's in the thing, right? <laughs> and you know, about this... 60000 this 75-inch TV. But, babe, it looks good. When we had a 55-inch, but we just said we needed to save for something. It always goes to that. It has nothing to do with the TV or you want the TV. Mm-hmm. It has that there was a goal that we couldn't agree on, but that was important. Or you probably did agree on verbally, but your action's not backing it up. Same your as if it was me. It if I, if we said we needed to save more for our 401Ks, and I'm out here buying shoes, oh. and you know I like expensive taste, and it's 150 here, 200 here, then I'm going against the goal that we had for, for our um, for our um, our family. And our so, family, that's yeah. Our family. I do want to talk about for our final topic, Summer Walker and her. I'm gonna go to my page now. Um, so she apparently has social anxiety. And this is something that she has been struggling, not struggling with, but like she has experienced this like throughout her life. And it's just so interesting because she is a performer. She is a a well-known singer now. Well, not well, but you know, well enough amongst the black community where it's strange. How are you able to have this record deal? How are you able to have this hit single and then be afraid to go on stage what what is social anxiety and there's a lot of talk about the legitimacy of anxiety the legitimacy of being so, like people don't recognize that I'm, I'm not big on saying disorder but it is something that you have to actively tell yourself okay things will be all right because anxiety is real especially social anxiety so i just think it's interesting how how was she able to kind of find balance or is she finding balance by being a performer and yet struggling to converse? (laughs) Like, (laughs) because people people have gifts in certain ways they show up out. And, but then there's also other responsibilities that, that that their gifts can show up in the studio fine. Mm -hmm. Right. But then there's these other responsibilities that belong on that, 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 that being at being a singer or being a performer in the spotlight that okay now that social anxiety kicks in more it's not even that she was ever you're not ever without that anxiety she probably deals with it going to the grocery store but you have to find she has certain coping skills for those environments and these are this is a new space for her she's still a new artist this is a new more a whole bunch of performers have social anxiety and yeah. so they have to find different coping spaces for the different spaces that they're in and she just hasn't found that yet. She hasn't found that so and that's a good point. And so it's that's not about point. that she just because she has it at all she shouldn't be able to do these things. No, she's probably actively and she has to if she wants to be able to, to do it and not and be able to do it successfully find a coping mechanism that you can that can allow her to be successful in the spotlight because in the studio she already has one. That's a good point because there's a lot that like you said there are a lot of artists who do have social anxiety and they do Coke that it differently right by doing drugs, by, you know, being an addict of some sort. And I'm great. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't have that disease. Maybe she doesn't have that addiction yet. I hope she doesn't, of course. But that could explain why she is so vocal about saying that, and you could see it clearly in her interviews because she's not this extrovert and this that her her loud. singing conveys, yeah, this very fun, bubbly. It's totally girl. different. So I just think it's. Pop- I don't know. I think it's interesting because. Oftentimes, a lot of people like to say, oh, in order to be successful, you have to be this extrovert. You have to be this super outgoing, super charismatic mm-hmm. person. It's like, well, no, you can still have a successful life, whatever success means to you, mm-hmm. and be who you are. And whether who you are is naturally extroverted, cool. But if it's not, then I don't want to down the introverts out there because I could be introverted sometimes. And then I wonder, well, man, can I not achieve that level of success whatever that means to me? If I'm not more outgoing, if I don't go out to every party, if I don't talk to 10 people a day at the party that I go to, dysfunction that I go to. And it's like, no, we have to stop kind of thinking success looks one way. You, mm-hmm. Like that's, And I think that's what people are. People are only seeing what's presented. They're not seeing the preparation that got them there. So then you're yeah. not looking at. amount of work beyonce does to get prepared for a show that type of preparation is what helps with anxiety like all of these stars more more so than not they end up you end up finding out most of the times after a tragedy they had they deal with chronic drug issues chronic you know like issues to numb things like they had a lot of a lot of times they're using benzos and all these things for anxiety and Mm -hmm. they can't sleep and that's because nobody it shouldn't even be why summer isn't thriving in that place. It's that nobody actually really just naturally thrives in that place. Like mm-hmm. by nobody, I mean a very small amount of people. Some people they need some type of supplement, some type of. It could be a ritual. That's what we have. We have. We have sports teams that do certain rituals that they have to do to get mental, mental visualization. Like all those things are coping mechanisms for anxiety for stress. For, for being able to perform at a rate that most people don't perform on anyway, which is why we covet celebrities so much because they're doing yeah. these things and they're being out there. It's so wild to us. And you're oh my like, gosh. how could you deal with it? Well, they're, they're dealing with it in a way that you can't see, but they are. Summer, yeah. the, the difference is, like you're saying, Summer is boldly putting it out there. And part of her anxiety is that she, she's just being transparent. She didn't feel like she needed to like lie about it because just like with we were talking about women's rights and the way we are owning our bodies more mental illness especially in the black community anxiety is a dsm-5 it is a a disorder and it, it is an anxiety disorder there's generalized you can you can PTSD is one of the most severe ones but just generalized social anxiety just like mm. run-of-the-mill there's not really a specific situation or phobia that causes your anxiety it's just like being around people having mm. a lot of stimulus can it can really impair you and the way that you get over that is usually you know cognitive behavioral therapy and what they teach you to do is one recognize those triggers and then like okay so i'm about to go in a room full of people here are the coping skills that help someone like me mm-hmm. kind of overcome this panic or whatever your anxiety feels like. You know, that could be hyping yourself up in the car and, and repeating affirmations. How many women, mm-hmm. how many women, so we, you saw that show, Being Mary Jane. Yeah, and yeah. And the biggest, one of the biggest, like, kind of, like, Oh, yeah. These black women come from that. They're like posting these affirmation yeah. post notes, right? That is a form, there's a coping mechanism. She Absolutely. has an anxiety, right? That's The, so her, the whole show was about social anxiety. Did her she social- name that? I forget. Did she actually say, I have anxiety? Because no, she does No, No, things. but those are things. This is just wow. my knowledge of. of of because you that's know, your field business. yeah right. the, those you know, are don't all know those things that. that's all it is wow. she has social anxiety with she her does. job yes. the whole panda suit black metaphor we put on this suit can you be that's a form of that's a form of anxiety mm-hmm, because you mm-hmm. can't just naturally perform in your authentic self yeah. you have to create a mat a literal yeah. mask just double it's so prolific in our. Our culture that we laugh about it. Yeah. You don't even have to say a word. You post the meme that it's the meme of uh, I think it's the Family Guy and he's coming out of a, a dog suit or something like that and it's a guy mm-hmm. and they use it as, as a joke between Black people like you know me when I clock out at five <laughs> o'clock. <or something laughs> like that. that is a form of anxiety, right? So it's one about this judgment of what some what anxiety yeah. looks like and what it's not because you're not because you're not naming it. Anything that you have to do to alter yourself, your authentic self, you are be anxious about it for some reason. Oh, that's even. One. This is another meme where it can be- the meme when the, the sure black woman, that- the black woman, she's in the job interview. Her hair's in a bun. Oh yeah, she yeah. gets the job. She has an afro. <laughs> So they have one with Shannon Sharp when he's in a suit, and then one when he was on that episode when he was drinking. He and oh, that! The they were like me when I got the interview. Me when I <laughs> me me six weeks later, I probation Like you want this real nigga. Like you, you know, <laughs> look. I'm so on the so clock. thing is, like and it's not to be super negative. It can be like you're manic You can be just too euphoric to where you are just you're you're mm. not anything that's you're not able to perform me. You, if you're super manic, you can't focus. Like, it's not necessarily a bad... It's not necessarily a negative feeling. You're not necessarily depressed, but you're you're not level you're not neutral to where you can focus on one thing and you can perform so if we're talking about performance in any type of manner just going outside of your house she had to look a certain way she had to be a certain way she put post-its on her mirror i know people yeah. who have things that's written on their mirrors i have some written on my mirror yeah that that is a form of call you have that's anxiety that you're using absolutely to supplement the bible verses yeah. your angst don't be anxious for anything why do you mm-hmm. think jesus talked about it yeah it's real it is real and so they're just just judging her. One is from sometimes it's just ignorance because they're like, oh, dang, I didn't know that was anxiety because we don't like to name things. So then we have to name things. You have to like. <laughs> they were like, them this, this is your her. this is your favorite artist because <laughs> they were judging like one of her. I thought you were going to talk about because she doesn't. So part of that is right. She said she says she doesn't really like to take showers. She literally oh, said this okay. on a Twitter post. She had a bowl. <laughs> And it was filled up. They had like you I know Dr. Tills. It yeah. had some good stuff in there. She wasn't even using like. But she preferred baths. She preferred baths. She, she preferred word down. And, and she said, "I just, and, and She baths. said, "I'm weird. I'm I'm weird that way." Now everybody calling her dirty and musty. She but it had has soap in there. But it's even before she said that though, because she's she's done posts where she'll lick off her tattoo, yeah, her makeup, stick. and like good she Lord. was like she's dating. Um, it's London on the track. That dude. Yeah. And like he she br- breathe on him.
1: <laughs> Why are you like, talking about? I'm out here single. I
0: ain't nobody licking my, my my saliva down chest. Go ahead and breathe on okay, my. Neck. London on the track is out here <laughs> licking all that extra saliva with a word. So there is that. I mean, I think she did create that for herself. It's just interesting because like, oh, you'd be surprised. Bathing habits is one of the number one things. Like especially let's like, say with another disorder. And I don't want to. I don't want to make social anxiety seem like like she's super impaired and it's something evil. Like I right. like to talk about, because they are normalized. People go through things for seasons, times, just even like just situational. But being able to bathe yourself, people, it's so, in in America, outside of America, people don't bathe like that, first yeah. of all. But in America, because it's so associated with class and with status and with being able to be clean and smell good, like when you don't do those things, right? twice a day showers, one in the morning, one at night, then something's wrong with you, and people who are depressed or have really, really severe—it's very hard for them to get up and take a shower. Mm-hmm. It's in your mind; you're like, it's simple. Just throw the water on, throw the soap on. You know, like you're—it's not that hard, but it is—it is hard. You Nobody, know, I can't tell you why, why it's hard for people to get up and just take a bath. But it's just—it's more of the a bigger overall look of just taking care of yourself. Like, yeah. it takes more energy than people think because it's not an. It's not a conscious effort. It's just something that they've routinely done their entire lives, like brushing your teeth. But you know when you don't brush your teeth because it's unnatural for you to go out of routine. Right. That's a bigger deal. But I feel like oftentimes people who are depressed or are anxious, they don't do what seems normal for us to shower or whatever. They don't do that because it's like, well, why? why what's the point? So what? Exactly. They have this negative mindset about life already, and it's like, what is the shower going to do about this situation that I'm going through? Is me showering going to get my relationship back in order? Is me showering going to make me happy again? Is me showering going to get my father back in my life? Like, people connect to those things, so I get it. I also just feel like we have to be more compassionate when mm. it comes to anxiety and we have to stop thinking oh people are just doing it for attention oh oh now someone else got this mental disorder someone else got this uh, like any. no it's just normal like we have to recognize we all deal with things differently and like i think it comes <laughs> from your background of things thing i think i've never been a person to shy away from what it whatever it is even if it's bad or good me trying to label it something else isn't gonna Help me. I need to call the thing what call a thing a thing, call, call a, a, a spade a spade. Absolutely, and it's not that I'm just automatically overjoyed at what that spade is called, but I've never just been the one to be able to like just kind of like mask it. And some people have, and that's a coping mechanism too to be able to try to call something something else so that yeah. you don't have to really deal with it. Um, put it under the rug, it all comes back to like community, I think. Hey Ashley, people, that's true. That's my true. friend. Hey Ashley, boo, how you doing? So um, what's true? We said a lot of stuff. Which part? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> so so when you talked when you just said like people taking care of themselves, I said, Well, why?
1: Because mm-hmm. you gotta
0: think of what is a catastrophe. People are taking these social showers and stuff, it's for the benefit of it's benefit of themselves. Yes, hygiene is important for you. Yeah. But you don't notice it until you have someone else in your space or you're in someone else's space. Right? And so and people can actually do it as a self as self sabotage because if they don't take a bath and don't have to go out and, oh. and do those things because now it. they're not presentable. So like someone would never have no problem. Someone would have been out here bathless and y'all wouldn't have known. We wouldn't know. You wouldn't have known. Sometimes Damn. or it could be, it could be she just does not like showers. She likes bird baths. Here's the thing, she could, I grew up. And we had our water shut up a lot of times. We're not mm-hmm. going to sit here and talk about it. Anybody, Same here. You ain't dipped in know. Had to go put a bucket. Get, girl, mm-hmm. we had to get a bucket and go get some water from I am with familiar with the bird. Okay? okay. Now, this is because she chooses to do it daily. But is she cleaning the right spots? I mean, because she don't shower. Her- Ultimately, that is the the She's most herself. essential spot. She's not you even have your prepared. underarms, She's you not have even your prepared. you have your She's boom-boom. cleaning herself. You're good to go. She has good hygiene. <laughs> She's just not dousing herself in water, and that's where the compassion and the judgment comes from. Because it's not about her being clean. Because if it was about her being clean. We went seeing her with this bowl of luxurious soaps but like you were saying earlier americans do have this kind of warp mindset of showering and hygiene that's why our bathrooms gotta look like freaking master bedrooms and you in the shower for 10 minutes do we have running water here. like i'm in and i get my stuff done i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go and i remember this guy told me yeah i shower about like three four times a day i'm like are you that dirty <laughs> For what? Well, like, I have a friend who has to sir, you have reporting. a disorder. No, that's a disorder. <laughs> no, and, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing is, OCD it, ass nigga. No, I got to go. <laughs> talk are talking about five times a day. You got to be careful about like, this. I'm just like, I'll always look at the root of something. Like, is she cleaning herself? She's cleaning herself. She's cleaning herself regularly. Now the spit thing. Yeah, that was yes. She did that to herself then. Like, girl. She's youth, Do that in private. Mom, hold on. We see mama's. Use they spit to clean they children. Right. I mean, no, hold on. Ugh. Follow me, though. Here we go. Here we go, Alicia. What? What is it? Go ahead. Continue. I was trying to read. Oh. No, do that. they not do that? And it's they shown do. as a term of endearment. Yeah, but when they're babies, but it, not no, a grown-ass no, 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 ass woman. But here we're talking about. We're, talk, we're not talking about who's doing it. We're talking about does the function of saliva clean? <laughs> You gotta break it it's down. It's wet. It's wet. Okay, of course, you gotta it, clean. Just well, a function of. A dirt. Does it remove but it? It re- remains the scent of your breath, but, and that's not but Okay, it, but I'm just saying, <laughs> if, you look, if you really wanna break it down and get whole tepish with it. <laughs> whole tepish. <laughs> if all mother, oh, you saw Mother. Oh, I know. hate a whole tep nigga. Can we talk about that? If you saw doing it, you, you would cool. be like, oh my God, she's doing it. Good as a mom, she's making sure her baby cleans. Be damn. she's doing it any by any means necessary, and that's a Summer Walker. Just she stuck to that idea. She didn't move on. She said, "Hey, I was this is how my mama cleaned me. I I choose to continue to accept this as a version of being clean." Who knows if she went back after and, and got something else. she could have been taken out for a moment. We don't know. Now I'm playing. I episode. guess, but don't I film it. Do it. Don't film it. That is true. That's, but true. that's because TMI. My Twitter but whatever. We're going to wrap up. This was great, Alicia. Is so great. We got to do this again. We like Dennis. Me. I'm so happy I had you on.
1: Y'all this give us Don't be too
0: mean though, because I'm sensitive. <laughs> this is my first time. I was a little excited. Okay. No, you were great. You were natural. This is great. We definitely got to do this again. Thank you. you. Yay. Bye, guys. Thank you guys for for tuning in. All right. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and also leave a comment. God bless.